Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. It's a glorious resurrection morning where we celebrate the good news that Christ has defeated death, conquered sin, and opened to us the gates of everlasting salvation. That salvation that doesn't just mean that we go to heaven when we die, but salvation that means the powers of this world have been defeated and conquered, and we have an opportunity to live a new, more glorious life in the priesthood of all believers. The world, as was known in Jesus' day, has been turned upside down, where Rome had thought that they won by crucifying Jesus on the cross Now the tomb is empty. And that a new world order is taking place as the Spirit of God is about to break forth into the world, empowering the people of God to proclaim sin and death have no power. We need have no fear, but only live for Christ. And it reminds me of a story by Roald Dahl, who um, is the author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Witches and Big Friendly Giant. And we had just finished not so long ago in our household reading Matilda. One of his very short stories is called Upside Down Mouse. And in Upside Down Mouse, an old man um, is is all of a sudden infested with mice. And at first he didn't mind so much. There's just a couple of mice. He let them be, but they kept multiplying. And finally he got fed up and he went out to the store and he brought two things home. He brought a mousetrap and a bottle of glue. And on the first night he, he put glue on the mousetrap and he stuck it on the ceiling and he set it. And when the mice came out of their hole, uh, they looked up and they just began to laugh, laugh at the foolishness of the old man, laugh at, at, at the mousetrap being stuck up on the ceiling. Like, why would anybody be up on the ceiling? So the next man, day, the man came out and um, he, he took um, the glue and he put it on the bottom of all of his furniture. So he stuck a chair up on the ceiling and the table up on the ceiling and a little piece of carpet up on the ceiling, the couch. And so everything was up on the ceiling. And the next night when, when the mice came out, um, they they were all confused and they began to say to one another, "Are we on? Are we on the ceiling? Are we on the floor?" And they turned their head up like this and they're saying, "Oh, I'm getting a little bit dizzy." And finally, one older mouse said, "You know, we I think we're we're on the wrong way. We need to stand on our heads so that we'll be right side up." And so when they all stood on their heads for a while, after a little bit, all the blood rushed their head and they just all passed out. And so the next morning, when the the man woke up, all the mice were littered all over his floor. And he, swept him up into the basket. And the sort of the moral of the story is to keep your feet firmly planted on the ground. But in in light of this story that we read today of the tomb being empty, it's also could be what happens when the world is turned upside down, the new reality that bursts forth that takes place that we live now sort of in an upside-down world where the powers of sin and death and wealth and destruction no longer have control over us. We can live for the glory 
of Jesus Christ entered into the promise of that new life with him. This is an amazing and glorious and marvelous thing that has taken place. And in Mark's gospel, um, which is one of my favorite ones, with the exception of the line in Luke's gospel where the angel says to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices. And very early, they went out to the tomb. And they wondered to themselves, who is going to roll away the stone? But when they got it there, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and saying, don't fear. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified, but he's not here. He's been raised from the dead. Look. This is where he was. So go tell the disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee, and you're there, you'll see him just as he told you. And so they went out and fled from the tomb with terror and amazement had seen them. And they said nothing, for they were afraid. Terror and amazement had seized them. And in Mark's gospel, before sort of the additional Verses were added, as it says sometimes later on. Um, it ends here with the word gar. And it's no wonder that sort of additional verses about Jesus' appearance and, and some of the things were added later. Because it ends with a pronoun. It ends with, as I said, the word gar, which really means like for or therefore or because which is a silly way to end, right? It's therefore, therefore, terror and amazement seize them and they fled because. And so obviously there needs to be more to the story. And obviously there is more to the story. But in many ways, the invitation to the reader, to you, to me, today, as well as any other day, is, is how do you respond? How do I respond? How does the world respond to the news that the tomb is empty? That Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified, has been raised. That sin has been conquered, that death is defeated. That all of the power, all of the fear that Rome has put forth as they nailed Jesus to the cross as a warning to the world, now Jesus is alive. In Christ, the resurrection has come to the world. And they fled with terror and amazement because, because their world has turned upside down. And so what do we do? How do we live? How do we enter this new reality of life in Jesus? It's open, right? Something 
has to happen. Jesus is alive. Therefore. Therefore what? How do you enter into this new reality, this new life where death is conquered? Do you rejoice? Do you sing out? Do you praise God? Do you embark on the new reality that the Spirit of God is living in you and and filling you? For ultimately, this is what this is. Jesus died on Passover, which is the day where bondage was ended for the Israelites, right? They were set free from Egypt. They were led through the Red Sea, entered into the land of promise, where God's covenant promise was fulfilled in them and through them. And this in Jesus, we have again today, where God's covenant is still with us, where he invites us not just to be freed from the bondage of sin, but also to proclaim that the exile is over once and for all. And the temple is no longer in Jerusalem. The temple is in Jesus. And through Jesus, the temple is in us. God's presence no longer just resides in one area. It resides in us, through us. And with the power of God living within us, setting us free from every sin, every fear, every danger, we have the glory of Christ in us and through us. That resurrection joy. Gonna have to move. Sorry, my up a little bit here. So out of the sun. In Christ, we are raised. In Christ, the world is turned upside down. Therefore, therefore, we are the priesthood of believers. Therefore, we have been challenged to join in this ministry of bringing the good news of God's love to the world. That Jesus is alive. That sickness and death will be conquered. That fear of things of this world can be defeated. This is why the women left in amazement and terror. For what does this new upside down world mean? But it's only momentary because we know what happens. We know the disciples proclaim the resurrection. We know that they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. We know that the church has burst forth. But for every one of us, 
for us as a parish, for us as a community. We meet and and sort of intersect this resurrection power, this resurrection life. How will we embrace the reality that you're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He's raised. The tomb is empty. See for yourself. Therefore, therefore what? How will you live into this message? How will you live into this reality? What ways will you embark in taking up that mantle of priesthood and declaration and power and live in this new glorious world of resurrection life? Therefore, Amen.